If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be back with you as we head into our busy, busy high season. Fortunately, the sun has been out a little bit and the, the heat is rising. However, what it has brought with us after the long, long winter and very, very cool spring are a lot of bugs. We've had a lot of well, at the moment, we're inundated with mosquitoes, and we know that's going to be the case for another few weeks until the heat really kicks in. But we've also heard a lot about ants. A lot of our guests are reporting that they, within a day or so of arriving in a property, they're inundated with ants. And, you know, we, we tell them that if you leave any food out on the counter, if you're using maple syrup on your pancakes, the ants are going to come. There isn't anything we can do about it. And it is causing an issue because guests are much less self-reliant these days. I'm sure, you know, you're going to be nodding along with me and saying, yes, they aren't capable. Many of them aren't capable of going out and buying ant traps. They'll look at an ant or a spider or a bug of some sort and completely freak out these days because they live in these lovely self-contained sterile environments in the cities where they don't have these bugs. So... I wanted to talk to to someone today who knows all about all these issues that are coming from our guests, all these new issues that have come up over the last few years. And she's going to help me go through some of the things that we can do to avoid some of the complaints, how to deal with some of the complaints that we get across the course of the summer and thinking that we, we do in excess of 2,000 rentals every year, the majority of them in the summer, there is a lot of material to work with. You know, we, we certainly aren't complaint-free. We aren't problem-free by any means. And every year brings new stuff, new things that we'd never thought about that we would have to deal with. So today I have with me uh, Christina Strong-Murray, who is our own customer service manager. And I am so delighted to have uh, Christina spend some time with me, particularly as it, this is really busy time for her, as well as a customer service manager for our property management company. She's also an account manager. She brings in new owner clients. She's had a really, really busy season this year because we have brought in, we've acquired more owners this year than we have ever done in our history over the course of, of our busy owner acquisition time, which is April through June. And Christine has been out and about viewing new properties, interviewing new owners, and bringing some amazing new cottages on board. So we'll have a little chat about that, but we're then going to explore really what her role is throughout the summer and how she manages it, because she's an amazing liaison between our company and our guests and our owners. And we are more than delighted to have her with us. And I'm more than delighted 
to have her join me on the show today. So without further ado, let's move on over to my chat with Christina. So I'm delighted to have with me today our customer service manager, account manager, general manager, absolutely everything manager for Cottage Link Rental Management, Christina Strong-Murray. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to join me. Thank you, Heather. (laughs) For those listening here who went to Vacation Rental Success Summit 2017 in Toronto, you might remember I was up on stage at the opening session and I introduced Christina to you and it was her very first day on the job. Do you remember that? I'm still here. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't think I've ever asked you what it was like to start a new job and just be dropped into a, a conference with all those people talking vacation rentals when at that time you didn't have a great deal of information about the, what this world was about. It was information overload, but in a good way, because I like to kind of jump in and get started And it kind of forced your hand. So it didn't give me the opportunity to overthink anything or or get in my own headspace. I just jumped in and I learned a ton that weekend. I started right off with the networking, making contacts that I'm still using today, obviously. And it was a great experience. Loved it. I, it was absolutely lovely to have you there, and of course, Caitlin was there too, our marketing manager. Yep. And uh, so, so you did, you did, have, you did have someone to sort of hold your hand through that weekend. <laughs> and I, I was just, it was actually on that weekend when I realised that we made such the right choice in hiring you because you, Aww, you were, you. well, you were just in there, just talking to people, and as as you said, just absorbing everything that came your way, and every time. I sort of drop by and see how you were doing. You just had these reams and reams of notes. <laughs> yes, I'm a writer. <laughs> Do you, was there anything that particularly came out of that, that summit that you still haven't got? You know what? I think it's just the fact that everybody can pull from each other's experience, even if it's if it seems like a, a product you might never use or an area that you have nothing to do with in terms of, you know, locations. We all kind of have the same experiences in the industry and we can definitely pull from, you know, strengths and weaknesses that are that are found along the way and uh, and really make better choices moving forward or make more informed choices or, or just have better ideas. I think that's a great comment because I I look back when I started out in the industry and nobody at that time ever talked to anybody else. So Mm -hmm. so back in the late 1990s, early 2000s, we were all out there renting and running our little companies, but you just didn't talk to anyone else because they were the competition and they might steal your secrets. Exactly. And I look back (laughs) on it now and think, oh, you know, we, we missed out on so much in terms of collaborating with others and Mm -hmm. sharing our common experiences because we all have exact it's not secrets I don't think there are any secrets in this industry we all have exactly the same experiences and this is this is why I wanted to get you on today actually because we're just going into our high season as you are perfectly aware and this will be your third high season so you Mm -hmm. have had plenty of experience now you I I'm always blown away by the way that you deal with problems that arise because we've had some monumental issues (laughs) and you sort of plow through them your voice never changes you're always friendly and approachable and I just couldn't I have to say Christina I could not do your job so this is a great morning (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I'm putting this out there to, to my whole audience that uh, do not anybody try and poach this lady from me because oh. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk about is, you know, how you, sort of how you prepare for this busy season. We're going to talk about the sort of guest complaints that we get and how they can be avoided and a couple of things that that people can do to ward off the potential of issues arising and I know there's times when something just comes up totally out of the blue completely unexpected and we know that with things like bed bugs you know Mm -hmm. completely unexpected and somebody calls up and says there's bed bugs I mean we had one two weeks ago right Mm -hmm. they they weren't but yes (laughs) they they weren't (laughs) Yeah, we have Thankfully. we have bugs in cottage country. We have sand flies. We have oh God, what they call black flies. Got mosquitoes, <laughs> black flies. We've got guess, June bugs. Yeah, and a lot of them can give nasty little bites. And people wake up in yes. the morning and they might have had one of these little bugs in bed with them. And these mm-hmm. are flying bugs that have come in from outside and they've bitten them. And the next thing we know is, you've got bed bugs. How mm-hmm. do you how do you manage that? How do you manage that sort of call? So I think that the no matter what the call is coming in, you kind of have to just let the person get it all out. You know, if they're calling me, they're obviously upset about something to start with. So I like to just kind of let them have their say. If they're upset, that at least that's that kind of initial anxiety out. Let them have it and then kind of jump into action from there. Typically, once somebody's had their peace and had that chance to kind of decompress, they're more willing to to listen to suggestions or, you know, solutions that we're able to come up with. But they find that if you try to kind of shut them down to start and really walk them through the process, it takes a lot longer to kind of gain their trust that you're actually going to fix the situation. So what I tend to do is just start jotting down notes, really take in what they're saying, while at the same time figuring out, okay, how are we going to deal with this? So if it's a bug issue, we always say to owners, have sprays available for guests, have, you know, ant traps, um, have mouse traps have home remedies or um, homeopathic things that guests with children can use and and feel safe with or with pets. When it is bugs, you know, we're going to ask for pictures always. We're going to get in touch with the owners, see if they've had any problems, if the cleaning staff reported anything in the past, um, and then kind of go from there. If it's it's really looking like it could be a bed bug issue specifically, we're going to say to pack up all those linens, get them in clear plastic bags, and with the pictures, then we're going to start to investigate. One thing that we like to do or that I like to do is uh, is look at the group makeup and if I need to say get somebody into a property and perhaps get the guests out so they can go in and kind of take their mind off of it we'll look where they are and maybe send them to a restaurant send them for lunch send them to a bistro or out for ice cream kind of give them something else to do to take their mind off of it while we try and figure out how we're going to fix it. So so with this uh, with this particular issue that the guests were fairly reasonable about it they just wanted to report it but when the owners mm-hmm. went up, it's and the the spots, in fact, which I don't think were on a mattress. It looks like the spots were on the bed frame, which had come from a, a ceiling painting or something. Yeah, exactly. It was splatter, exactly. Splatter, paint splatter rather than dead yeah. bugs, <laughs> dead bug yeah. blood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that one was uh, well resolved. Just Just one more I want to talk about before we sort of go into more generalities. When we're talking mm-hmm. about things that sort of jump out at you without really um being expected was a, a hot tub complaint and we do get these occasionally uh, and usually mm-hmm. hot tub complaints come from guests who have never used a hot tub before and we we deliver all sorts of uh, 
instructions on how to use a hot tub, the fact that you shouldn't have children in there, do not touch the temperature, um, the hot tub, we tell them the hot tub is um, well-maintained and the chemicals are balanced and tell them when it was refilled. So, mm-hmm. so this, ca- this one came as a bit of a surprise because these were apparently hot tub users. Um, so could you just talk us through that one, what the first yeah. complaint was and how it was dealt with? Yeah, so the the complaint came in or the, the concern came in saying that they thought that it possibly um, a rash had started from using the hot tub and they were concerned about why it had happened, what had happened and, and what it was. So the first thing we said was, we know there's a pharmacy locally. Why don't you go into town, which was literally five minutes away, and see if you can speak with the pharmacist and, and get some relief, first of all, because there was some discomfort there. So first and foremost, you want to make sure that they're comfortable. And then we started having conversations to see exactly what had happened. So in speaking through the issue, we found out that through the owners that the hot tub had been just recently refilled. Um, it was fresh water, but a week and a half prior to arrival, the filter had recently been changed. The hot tub itself is only a couple months old, and it had all been pH balanced and uh, and cleaned before guest arrival. When speaking with on the guest side, we found out that you know the temperature had been adjusted a little bit. It may have had children jumping in and out. These all take into effect the pH balance of a pool of a hot tub itself, um, and it can compromise uh, the chemical levels and everything else. We do say, you know, if you notice anything with the water, if the if it starts to go cloudy, um, if the color becomes uh, obvious, or if you notice any kind of an odd smell coming, to let us know to stop using the tub. But it looks like in this case, they, they continued using it just a little bit too long. And then there was the uh, the fallout from there. Yeah, and I know, I mean, we probably won't carry on with that one for the moment because I know you're still dealing with it because the guests mm-hmm. left two days early because they couldn't use a hot tub. Nothing to do with the fact that it, the, the weather was pretty awful at the end, yeah, of, that, and at the end of that week. But they, they decided that they would leave early because mm-hmm. they could no longer use the hot tub and were looking for a refund for the two days. Mm-hmm. It, this, it, it's an interesting one because it's so clear that the, the hot tub was ready for use and... Mm-hmm. With them lowering the temperature and allowing children to go in there, um, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's clear to us that the degradation of, of the water quality was down to guest activity. And, mm-hmm. and, and I know that you're handling it and we may return in a future podcast and I'll ask how it all panned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's, it's interesting because when you've got, and this can happen across the board, when you've got properties that there's nothing wrong with the property itself. But if one aspect goes downhill and that's what they've had in their mind the whole time leading up to their vacation, that can really set the tone for the rest of the week, which is unfortunate. It, well, it's always been the case, hasn't it? We, we call it the mm-hmm. and another thing syndrome. Yes. So once something happens, then they want to compound their dissatisfaction with other things to make it you know, mm-hmm. feel. I, th- I think perhaps to, di- to justify that they're unhappy and maybe they're thinking mm-hmm. that, Maybe they were at fault, but let's look for other things that maybe can um, push that responsibility to somebody else. So we get this and another thing syndrome going on. Mm -hmm. You know, the grass hasn't been cut in five days and there's bugs. It just balloons, uh, sometimes out Mm -hmm. of proportion. But anyway, let's. um, what I want to talk about is what are the most common, as as we we go into the high season, what are the most Mm -hmm. common guest complaints that you are expecting to hear and see and then i just just a little 
couple of comments from you about those common guest complaints, and then we'll look at how they could possibly be avoided. Yeah, for sure. So I think my kind of my top five most common that we're going to get uh, in, in phone calls and emails and text messages in the next couple of days, typically right off the stop is going to be um, the directions and and key codes or entry codes into a property. If a guest can't get to the property to begin with, or if they can't access and get into the property once they've got there with all their bags and they've had a long drive and they're ready to uh, to start the holiday, that sets the tone really quickly. And that's the, f- the first call we typically get is, I can't get in, the code doesn't work, I can't find the key, it, what are we going to do? Right after that, once they get inside, they want to hook up all the devices to the Wi-Fi if there is some, which everybody seems to want now. Um, so making sure you've got, you know, your Wi-Fi passwords and instructions ready to go and laid out. Um, let your property managers know if you're not doing it uh, yourself, because that's uh, a call we're going to be getting. We can walk through the legalities of terms and conditions and whatnot with them, but you definitely want to have that available if it's supposed to be. Uninvited guests, if you've got uh, guests going in and, you know, screens have been left open or windows or there's a tear in a screen, if any creepy crawlies or little uh, extra-legged friends uh, do not go over well. You're going to want to make sure that there's uh, traps and sprays like we mentioned earlier available because I, I will get calls about that. Um, you will get calls about that. Uh, and cleaning in general. Guests have a very high standard and it, it's growing every season. We Even throughout the season, we get different uh, comments from guests and, and things that they're noticing. Um, so you want to make sure that you've got a really good standard for the cleaning and a checklist that can be followed no matter who's doing your changeovers. So guests know what to expect and and your cleaning staff or yourself can can have notes and backup to go. Uh, photos are great so that you know that everything's been taken care of and can reference that again. Yeah, uh, the cleaning one, I mean, always, since the beginning mm-hmm. of the business, way back in you know, 2003, 2004, cleaning has always been the big issue. But as you said, the standards have changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to 2000. I, I rem- well, I remember coming across from England to mm-hmm. to look at properties for our UK holiday company, um, mm-hmm. put them to put them in our in our brochure, and I met. I never forget meeting up with an owner, and it was I, I think I come across in June, and I, I looked at this property, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I said to him, so you know, he he, he was he was saying that he was remote. He was he was about three hours from the property. So I said, well, you know, who who do you get to do the cleaning? How do you know it's um, it's being cleaned properly for the next guest? He said, oh, no. He said, I just asked the guests to do it. And he said, so right. so when they come in in, in June, when they're July, the first ones, you know, we just tell them that they're responsible for cleaning for the next guests. And I said, well, so, right. so somebody comes in and checks. And he said, oh, no, don't need to do that. Yeah. And I said, so week after week, you're just relying on your guests to clean up and make it ready for the next ones. I said, I really feel for those guys who are coming in on the 25th of August. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting the last week of the season and you just, and you as an owner, you have no clue how yeah. all these guests have left it. But that was, that was probably the norm back then. You know, the, mm-hmm. the owners just expected guests to do their cleaning. They would provide some cleaning materials and a really ratty old vacuum cleaner. And yeah. expect them to do it. And unfortunately, we still have some of these owners out there who are more often than not doing their own rentals in a very traditional manner. And they still mm-hmm. want their guests to leave the property as they found it. And somebody mm-hmm. might pop in for 15 minutes just to make sure no damage been done. 
but they don't do any cleaning. So there's still some of that going on in this area. And I know that will surprise a lot of people listening because we mm-hmm. know those high standards of cleaning these days and what guests are expecting. And this, I think, is why we're seeing you know, this different level of complaint now about cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, there are apps out there and programs where you can find cleaners and you can, um, you know, provide checklists and make sure that items that might get overlooked aren't overlooked. And that when we do get a guest complaint or a call in on the first day saying, you know, the barbecue is in such a state we can't cook tonight or, you know, the stove hasn't been cleaned and and we don't even know how we're going to turn it on. Things like that, where when we get a guest photo back in, it might not be as bad as we were expecting it to be. But at the same time, if we've got a, um, an owner or a caretaker saying, of course it was cleaned. It was cleaned you know, an hour before they got there. It's not a problem. If I've got two sets of photos, I can then compare and say, okay, they're time stamped an hour apart and then decide where to go from there, whether it's going to be a, a reimbursement, which that's what some guests are just prone to expect now, or if it really is something that needs to be replaced and the, the caretaker, the cleaner, the owner needs to go back over there uh, straight away and get that sorted out so that the guests can enjoy their time. Yeah, I just want to jump in there really to let people know who are, are listening that the way that we manage cottage rentals up here in Ontario is very different from perhaps if you are running a big company down on Gulf Shores or in Destin or in the Outer Banks where you mm-hmm. have an army of cleaners and caretakers and people who go and check the property after it's been cleaned. So mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that to me is the, the height of luxury to to have mm-hmm. that. You know, what, what we have is our 180 owners who generally manage their own cleaning processes. And we do ask them to adhere to a very high standard. And, and we mm-hmm. do have a, you know, used to be two strikes and you're out policy, but it's going to, it, I think we're going to have to move them to, to, um, to one and... That's about it in the future because this cleaning issue is so important. But it's uh, mm-hmm. I was I was talking to somebody at a conference uh, a couple of months ago, and they were sort of expressing horror that oh. that we do this, that we don't have cleaning teams. And I was trying to explain that. I mean, you look at nature's inspiration, which is a fabulous mm-hmm. property, but to reach it, you have to drive three hours on highway. And then it's 15 kilometers down a dirt country road to get to a Mm -hmm. marina where you have to get on a boat and then go 15 minutes across the water to this property, which is only accessible by water. And, Mm -hmm. And the owner herself goes in there with an army of people. She has people that she takes with her every week or after even after a weekend to go and do these changeovers. So we have immense trust in our owners and the teams that they put together to do their changeovers because on the whole they all understand how important cleanliness is but we just don't have that luxury of of armies of cleaners and maintenance people Mm -hmm. not when they're so remote and I mean that was one of the things that I was working on um over the winter as well as with the um with social media being so prominent now and people being online and sharing photos and before and afters and and all that kind of mindset. I've been looking in specific areas to find, you know, the little towns that that might not be as, as accessible to find um, when you're not in them. There's you know, there might be a, a classified board in the grocery store or you know signs out locally. But when you're remotely managing, you're not going to have 
uh, the same access to that kind of information. And I've been able to get some really great contacts and in, in just digging into the local areas, um, you know, talking to people now before you need them. So you can try and make those relationships work when you do need them. And then, you know, they've already, they're aware of what you are doing and, and who you are and what you're trying to accomplish um, overall. And and in the main, where we have where we have that direct connection with with the properties cleaners and caretakers, mm-hmm. it just works really really well, and that's that's definitely something we're we're striving for in the future. So yeah, common complaints, access. What how how can that be avoided? So you're going to want to have your codes if you're a keyless or a lockbox all laid out. Some people are able to change out uh, key codes per rental. Other lockboxes just might not have that functionality. So you're going to want to make sure that you're really clear with your guests uh, and or your property managers or your caretakers so that everybody's on the same page. Always have a spare somewhere, whether it's another lockbox somewhere else in the property, whether it's under a hidden rock or up in a tree or have a key somewhere else so that there always is a secondary access point. There's nothing worse than getting a call at nine o'clock at night that the guests have just arrived. They can't get in. We can't reach the owner. And, uh, and now we're scrambling trying to figure out how to get them in because for whatever reason, you know, the spares disappeared or the codes aren't working. Um, so always have a couple backups for that or worst case scenario, guests are being relocated. Uh, they're not happy and there would be a cost to that as well. Yeah. And yeah, that's that, that's the awful call, which is nine, ten o'clock. At mm-hmm. night. And, and as you say, you can't when, when you can't actually locate somebody. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, that used to be our number one issue on a Saturday afternoon, four o'clock, and the calls mm-hmm. would start coming in, the code's not working, I can't get in. And at that point, at that time, 10 years ago, we didn't have these hidden keys. But now, because we've asked all our owners to put a key somewhere, and mm-hmm. they get pretty creative about where these keys are. And our only stipulation is that we don't ask guests to go crawling <laughs> under decks. Right. Or, <laughs> but, you know, you've just got to, be creative and put a physical key somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for us, the, these, a lot of these properties are pretty remote. Um, if anybody's looking to go and check around a property to see if there's a key there so they can let themselves in and, and do something bad, they're not going to find these things. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, from, from a security standpoint, it's, it's not a big issue with hiding, uh, hiding a, a physical key. What do, what do you think about the um, cameras on the outside? Because that's something that's, that we're seeing more and more is that owners are installing Nest or Nest or whatever other security system there might be. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that in terms of guest perception? So I think that I can see both sides of it. I know I myself have them from a security standpoint. I love the idea of being able to check in to make sure everything's okay from a driveway and garage, um, we cannot have guests feeling that they're being watched or or monitored. Um, it's strictly a surveillance on an exterior standpoint and facing towards vehicles. Guests are going down, they're enjoying the waterfront and jumping in and out, you know, sunbathing and, and just playing in general. And, uh, and we certainly can't have that privacy invaded. So if cameras are something that uh, owners are looking to invest in, I think that uh, they definitely need to be facing uh, a parking area specifically or straight on a door that's being the main access, but certainly can't be anywhere else on the property. Yeah, that's uh, that, That's a good point. I, I quite actually, I like 
the idea of of having an external camera particularly you know it's helped us a lot when we've had issues of um, reported overcrowding yes and the owner's been able to say you know I, I saw 10 people go into my place and and it's only our occupancy is for that mm-hmm. we've been able to back up our claims for overcrowding with video evidence Absolutely. however that there's some caveats for owners though is we did have an owner a, a year or two back who became a little obsessed with the camera yes and you have to be careful of that too I mean it's great for time stamping if you know people are you know if you get a if I get a, a noise complaint at, at 1 a.m and uh, a neighbor's upset because, you know, people are out and they're, you know, they might be out smoking or, or having a couple of drinks down by the, the drive. There's noise restrictions in place. So that with a timestamp is going to help us to support uh, any claim to a guest saying, you know, you really have to take it inside. We're getting complaints. You know, you're going to have to shut it down for the evening. If we have an owner or a caretaker complaint where the guests have arrived really early and they're they're causing problems with repairing the property or on the opposite end of that, they're, they haven't left. We've had guests that stay quite long after their checkout time, which then affects the cleaning team being able to prepare for the next guests. And, uh, and timestamps on those videos can really help with that. Whether, you know, if there's early or late fees associated with it, anything like that, a, a timestamp's a great thing to have. I know from my own Nest camera that while I was away for the three months over, over the winter, that mm-hmm. I was looking every single day. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, I was looking to see how high the snow was getting outside. And, That's right. <laughs> but I know it can, it can become a little bit obsessive if you've got that, that you're just constantly checking in, you know, how many cars are in the driveway, how many people are walking in and out. And, mm-hmm. and I think if you're going to have a camera, then you just have to be disciplined to mm-hmm. trust that your guests are who they say they are. If you've done your screening, if you've, if you've got your terms and conditions or house rules, if you're on Airbnb, very well laid out then trust that your guests are, are going to treat the place with respect. I, you know, I remember another property where an owner had was driving past their mm-hmm. property and you know, saw, an extra, saw something they didn't like, so they went and knocked on the door. And, mm-hmm. you know, and an altercation of you know, minor altercation developed. That was an issue that was completely unacceptable. But, uh, okay, so that was, um, so we, we talked about access. I want to just... Come on to bugs because we have bugs. We have a lot of bugs and it's all about really setting and managing expectations because I've been hearing on Facebook groups recently where people have been asking for refunds because they found a spider in the house. Wow. Or there was, a, well, we had one recently. There was um, a bug expired in the kitchen sink. And I have to tell you this one and I want your, this is not about bugs, but this is... Um, oh. <laughs> This is about what it is. It's about external bugs. So I I saw on a Facebook post recently on a Facebook group that a guest had asked for a refund because there were spider webs in the trees outside. Yeah. See, the thing about cottage country is even if the cleaner has gone in straight away, you leave or they leave an hour before a guest arrives, spiders like to spin webs and they do them really quickly and really well. So if it's in a tree, I don't know a single cleaner that's going to go and brush your trees. I mean, that's a little extreme. If it's a patio set, yeah, we can deal with that. Guests that don't understand cottage country are going to be the guests that aren't going to expect to see a spider in a tree or, you know, birds. We have some guests that don't like birds. Or frogs. It's, it's, or frogs or chipmunks. It's really trying to educate guests before they get there. 
It's using your guest book and your pre-arrival guide to really explain the environment that they're in, to let guests know what to expect. You know, if you have deer that come onto your property every morning as they walk through on their morning stroll and you feed them and they expect to see you as an owner there all the time, tell your guests if they've got little kids, you know, at seven o'clock, if you look in the garden, you might see the, the deer family walk by. If they know they're going to see some of these things, it's going to be more of an adventure while they're up in the the country or, you know, in the mountains or on the beach, they might see dolphins swim by or a crab walking by. When they know what to expect, you don't have that shock and initial, oh my God, what am I going to do with this thing now? It's more of a, okay, you know what? I know there's bugs in the forest. I don't like bugs. I'm not going to go in the forest. But if they don't necessarily know what insects or what critters might be crawling around, they're going to be more shocked and you're going to probably get more of those calls of, you're never going to guess what we saw this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really trying to educate them before they get there and make it part of their experience instead of a, a deterrent from their experience. Yes. The other one I saw on the Facebook group was um, uh, somebody wanting or complaining very bitterly, that she wasn't informed that there were wildflowers around the property and her children have got severe allergies and they had to leave early because of all the wildflowers and she felt that that guests should be informed beforehand of these nasty things. Wildflowers. Okay, well, you know what? I think that, again, you have to kind of spin these things to an advantage I understand like allergies are crazy this season up here and everybody's complaining about pollen and they've got hay fever and all these things. And so maybe these flowers were really going to affect the children during their holiday, but they're wildflowers. You can't, they're wild. That It's in the name. You can't control that. What you can do is again, use them to your advantage. And when they are in bloom, snap a couple pictures, put them on your listings, People that love wildflowers and bees and butterflies and all these little hummingbirds and things that come and are drawn to those, they're the people that you're going to want at your property. People that are going to have allergies and really react to those wildflowers, if they see those in your post, they're not going to book your property, but that's going to make way for somebody who is going to enjoy that. And then those people can go somewhere else where, you know, it might be more of an open space or strictly on the water and they're going to have a better time there. So just kind of use that to your advantage take those photos and really highlight it as a positive um, for something for your guests to enjoy. And that sort of comes back to the importance of defining your persona, the person who is going to most love your property and then create your listing and use your photos to attract those, those people. And you've just really described exactly how to, uh, how to do that with, um, with photos in a listing. So uh, I just wanted to drop back to Wi-Fi because we've just had an issue with an owner saying that a guest illegally downloaded a program while they were at the property and the owner has now had the cease and desist letter from mm-hmm. their uh, internet provider and mm-hmm. they are they will be at risk of having their service cut off if this happens again. So we were sort of discussing this in the office this morning about what we should include. I mean, we, we were just putting together all our touch stay guides for our, our guests and mm-hmm. thinking that we, we need to add in there in the Wi-Fi section, as well as saying, you know, opening, opening the Wi-Fi using this username and password constitutes your acceptance of the following um, conditions, one mm-hmm. of them being 
you may not download any program or film. And I don't know, do we say illegally or are we just simply say, you know, don't download? I think download in general. And we had, I remember something similar happened. Actually, we had two incidences that happened. Um, there's a super popular program on HBO that everybody a year or two ago was trying to download so they didn't have to buy into a subscription. And I got a call because there was a live alert uh, that the owner received saying somebody's trying to download the season finale of this program and you got to get them to turn it off because they're going to shut me down. So I called the guest and I'd been talking to them and I mean, I'm pretty chatty so I just simply said, hey, how's the show going? And they were so excited to talk about it. And oh my goodness, and this character and that character, and you're never going to guess what happened. And I can't believe it. I can't talk right now. I said, okay, I get that, but you got to shut it down or you're going to lose the internet for the entire summer at this property because you can't be doing that right now. And when they realized what they had done and that they had been caught, they shut it down. They were so scared of being asked to leave. And it totally changed the, the tone of the whole thing. And, you know, they were very apologetic. If the owner has the capability of receiving those live alerts, then that's a great way to kind of approach the subject. Acknowledge that they're having a great time. Let them know that, you know what, I know what you're doing. I know you're having a great time, but you got to shut it down regardless or you're going to be shut down for the whole week, uh, if not longer. And, uh, and then in that guest book, I think we made sure that we specifically said in the property actually that there was no downloading. It's, it is highly monitored and, and it was coming straight from the service provider, not even the owners themselves. But I think any downloading at all, Cottage Country is not equipped for downloads. If you're at the beach, if you're along the coast, then you're going to have more access to probably better plans than we do up here. Some of our plans, once you go over, they shut down. It's not that you're now paying overage fees. It just might be that it's no longer available at all. Um, so we're a little bit different up here in that regard, but it's making sure the guests understand, you know, you can watch things that you've downloaded before you got there. You can download Netflix stuff now onto your own devices and watch those without even going on the internet. Some things you're going to be able to stream, but it's not even really meant for streaming because it does take such a high bandwidth um, and it will take a lot. Like watching one Netflix show for an hour um, is going to be a gig of service. A typical cottage property, if you've got a good package, you're probably looking at about 25 gigs a week. And if you've got nine or 10 guests in a property and everybody's got a device, you're going to eat that up really, really quickly. So you don't want to be downloading. You want to make sure that any apps running in the background are shut down and, and, and minimized unless you absolutely need them. And it's really making sure that guests understand these are the terms and conditions. Once they use this password, they have accepted it. And, you know, here's the overage fees if they're going to apply. And uh, and here's what a typical usage could look like. So they're well informed and uh, and you're covered as well. So you just mentioned terms and conditions. So we have yes. a guest agreement that all our guests have to comply with. I mean, they, they it's, a t it's a tick box on the booking form like we all do. We see tick here if you agree with the terms and conditions and I'm, I'm hoping that most of our guests do actually read those terms and conditions. I know I do if I'm going to. I mean, I don't read the terms and conditions of a software agreement because that goes right, right. over the top of my head. But for a rental yeah. agreement, I would definitely read the terms and conditions. Um, mm -hmm. How important do you think it is having that guest agreement that has the terms and conditions written into it? I think that that's going to be the first, the first glimpse of what guests are expected and what they can expect when they get to your property. So I think it's really important to spend the time 
go through, make sure, you know, whether it's cleaning, um, cleaning rules that you're putting out there, if it's checking and out times that you want in writing, you know, damage deposits and any repercussions coming out of a damage claim if the deposit doesn't cover the whole fee, you're going to want to have all those things laid out so that you've got something signed that you can then go back to and if need be, if, it, if anything's challenged, you've kind of got that uh, already laid out and the guests, if they've read it, are well informed of what is expected to, of them and what they can and cannot be doing. Yeah, and, and it will include things like, you know, whether it's pet friendly or not. Mm-hmm. You know, pets, exactly. are, pets are permitted and these are the terms and conditions under which pets are permitted. Smoking is not, mm-hmm. we don't allow smoking in any of our properties. We're having to add, we've had to add over the years, no smoking, no vaping, and now no smoking of any substance now that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that uh, cannabis is, is legal across Canada. So, because mm-hmm. uh, um, people seem to think that smoking is, smoking um, a joint is a little bit different from smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette, which... I just find a little strange. I, I find it strange actually if I if I walk along the pathway into our local town and it's a nice little um, a nice little forested pathway along the lake and you can yeah. smell pot all the way along there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like oh, this is the new normal. I know, I know. And there's vaping too. So there's so many different things that can be used, um, and it it creates a lot of gray area. So you want to make sure that anything that might come into question is really well laid out. I mean, occupancy numbers um, for liabilities and um, anything like that, you can really go back to and reference over and over again. Yeah, I, and you're absolutely right about occupancy numbers. You know, in, in your terms and conditions of rental, you're going to say this property accommodates this amount of people, whether it's six adults plus up to another two or three additional children and make it very clear about day visitors as well. You know, people will think, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm just going to have... 20 people come for, to a wedding during the day, so they don't count. So mm-hmm. it's really important to think about every scenario that might occur. Have something in place for any one of those. Um, I actually have a format of a, a guest agreement on vacation rental formula. And I will, if, if you want to see what I say or what I recommend for a guest agreement, you can go to the show notes and uh, and download that guest agreement and you can make any changes to it uh, to it uh, as you wish so uh, that that's just a bit of a giveaway since since we're talking about guest agreements so once mm-hmm. you once you've listened just head on over to the show notes and you can download that guest agreement um we're running out of time i can't believe how quickly this time has gone i was going to ask you how to how you turn a bad situation into uh, at least a better one, but I, I know how you do this, and it's just by empathizing and and as you said right at the very beginning, is letting the guests talk through their feelings and their perceptions of an issue before jumping in. This is why I'm not good at it, Christina, because I want to jump in and say, "You're wrong," you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> they and don't I like think, that, though, Heather. <laughs> well, you know, I think this this is. It's really important for, for people who are managing their own companies, to, who are starting out in property management, to understand what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And I know that's one of my weaknesses. And, you know, it was why our first hire many years ago was to, to get somebody to come in and help us out through the summer with these issues. Because I didn't want to be getting on the phone with somebody saying, you know, I've just arrived at this place and the hot tub's filthy. 
when I know it's just mm-hmm. been cleaned because I wouldn't let them tell me right. all about it. I would just say, well, you're wrong. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> you know, it just, it just would not be, you know, it's, it's not a thing that I'm comfortable with, with doing, but I know that you do this amazingly well. Yeah. I know that you can turn a bad, bad situation into a better one with, with just a few words and a bit of listening and empathy. Is there, do you have any other secrets to this? I was told very early on, so I had gone to school for a communications program, basically. And I remember a professor very early on, one of the, uh, the lectures, they said, no matter what situation you're in, if you're getting on a phone call or you are replying to an email, take a minute, just kind of clear your brain, smile, which sounds silly, but smile before you start replying and then just kind of take it all in and go from there. Because if you can reset, kind of clear anything else that's going on in the background and just give that person your undivided attention with the intention of, I'm going to fix this. I don't know how we're going to fix it. I don't know what's going on yet. Just go into it with the right mind space. It's a heck of a lot easier to take on. And, and I usually get pretty good results. You do. Touchwood. You do. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> amazing result, uh, which is why we are so confident. I am so confident at going into this summer and knowing I really don't have to answer these, these issues. Um, just before we wrap up, I wonder if you can give us yes. your top three tips for creating guest satisfaction and five-star reviews. Top st- okay, so my top three tips would be have a plan, A, B, and C. Make sure that if something you can envision going wrong, no matter what it is, have a plan in place, have a backup plan in place, and then have a third one bouncing around somewhere. Whether it's a key, whether it's a Wi-Fi password, whether it's a water line going down, get those contacts together, talk to people locally, have a good team in place, whether you ever need to call on them or not, and then keep a little Rolodex either for yourself and or share that with your property managers. And those can be taken care of a lot faster and a lot easier um, if you've already got you know a playbook kind of in mind. Hospitality, we're big on hospitality. Guests are expecting hospitality. They're not going to a hotel because they want to have more of an experience. And that's not to say that you should have your own personal family pictures everywhere with you know your own little stuff everywhere. But that's to say that welcome them in, create an experience for them. Um, you know, if it's a bottle of local wine, it might be a 10 to $15 investment every week. But they will talk about that and they will probably go out and look for it if they enjoyed it. You know, if you know you've got a group coming in with little kids and you've got a little beach area, have a beach bucket, have a couple toys in there, go to the dollar stores. They're great now. Grab a couple items that you can, you know, just literally give to those guests to take on their way with them. And that's going to be a huge, a huge selling point uh, for return guests and, and just overall guest satisfaction. If you can create an Instagram kind of worthy area or space or experience for them, that's going to get you a return business and a really great social media presence as well. Um, and the last one is keep their experience in mind. So if this might be your family property that you've had, you know, growing up, it was your parents, it was grandparents, you know, this property in and out. And this has kind of been um, what you've gone to every year. Or you've just bought it and you've got this idea that it's going to be a business and, you know, this is what's going to happen with it. For these guests, this might be the one vacation they take every year or every few years and they're going to want to absorb as much as they can during that stay. So if you've got water toys they can enjoy, guests love paddle boats, they love kayaks and canoes. 
if you're down in the south, I'm sure there's there's other stuff down there as well, like the those jetpacks that go up in the air and rental agencies. And if you can create a package where they can find those rental experiences um, or use stuff that's already there for them, that's great. We were saying earlier, I mentioned, you know, a deer family walking through your garden at 7 a.m. I was at a property in the spring and there was a little river otter um, floating along, just playing, having a great time. Apparently he comes by every day or so and he does this every afternoon. This is his routine. If you know there's something local like that, give the guest the opportunity to really experience that. Or if you've got dolphins on the coast and you know they're going to be around, give the guests a heads up and, and really make sure that that experience can be enjoyed. And yeah, just make sure that they have the the capability of having that kind of nostalgia and memories made. So a couple board games, um, you know, have some books out that they could enjoy. For the ones that are talking about bugs or birds, have a, 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 bar, a bird or a, a bug book out that they can, you know, the kids can go and then investigate what they're seeing and uh, and make a little adventuring game for them on a, a rainy day maybe or or something that they can they can kind of really sink their teeth into. I, I love that having the because uh, um, I know you th- there is a book out there called Bugs of Ontario. You, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yep. quite, it's quite it's quite <laughs> a thick book. <laughs> it's a little one, but it's a thick one. So, but yeah. yes, just having that out as you. I mean, you, you've said right throughout this is it's, it's all about setting and managing expectations, and if you can do that, then uh, you're well on the way to guest satisfaction. So, Christina, it's been you know. I, I, I think we should do this again at the end of the season. Uh, let's yes. let's plan for meeting up meeting up again. I mean, we talk to each other a, a gazillion times a day, <laughs> but let's plan for doing another episode at the end of the season, and then you can share what have been the highlights and the lowlights and what we've learned from them. I usually do this every year, but I've been doing it on my own. But I think from here on, we shall do. I shall bring you in, and you can share what what the experience has been like for you and your team. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute, it's, it's been a, a, a joy having you. Um, as I said at the beginning, it was it was a good day for Cottage Link Rental Management when we hired you. And uh, we so are sweet. not letting you go anytime soon. Okay, good. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you so much, Heather. That was fun. Yeah, I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you very much, Christina, for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure to have had Christina on the show today, and you will be hearing more from her because she she has become, over the last uh, two and a half years, a, such an invaluable member of our staff. So it just brings home to me the importance of hiring the right people at the right time. And I'm just in the middle of preparing a new webinar to to answer the question that some a couple of people have had. You know, if if you were to do this all over again, if you were to start a rental management company today with all that you know now, how much differently would you do it? Well, of course, I'd do it a huge amount differently because we started 15 years ago and there's a ton of stuff that's happened in the last 15 years that have made, to some degree the business of operating a property management company a lot easier and but to other degrees it made it a lot harder it's really got me thinking you know what would I do now what would I do differently one of the things and I know this is right at the top of the list I would hire earlier and I would hire better that's not to say that I haven't the the people that work for me now I mean the ones that have been with us for for 10 12 years are absolutely amazing 
but I might have hired for different skills at different times because now I know what my strengths are and what my business partner's strengths are. Instead of trying to find somebody to take over from us and to have the same strength that we had, which is what we were doing, we should have been looking at what our weaknesses were and hired people to uh, to work to those weaknesses and to bolster up the skills in, in those aspects. So watch out for that. It's something that Mike and I are working on at the moment. It's getting me to look in great detail at how we manage our company now. Uh, part of me goes, I, d- I don't like to do this because I know there's so many areas that if I could have done it better as we've gone through the last 15 years, we would have been far more successful than we are now. Having said that, we are pretty successful with the way we've done it. And I, I don't want to be having any regrets about things we've done um, because we worked with what we had at that time. Um, but, uh, but for sure, I would be doing things differently if I started all over again. And going back to what I was saying, one of the biggest things would be to hire the right people we hired Christina two years ago, should have done that maybe seven, eight years ago, maybe even 10 years ago. Um, but that, uh, that will come out and I will be discussing that. But uh, there's no denying she's a, 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 an amazing asset to our team, as, I can sure, uh, as I'm sure you can tell. One of the big issues that we have with Christina is that she doesn't stop working. And there's times we have to really issue very strong warnings to say you have to get off your phone you have to get away from texts and have some downtime with your family because she she does live eat and breathe this this company and although I think that's absolutely fantastic you know I don't want her to burn out but anyway thank you so much Christina for joining me it was it was a pleasure to to talk through these things with you because we often don't have the opportunity to actually uh, tease them out and figure out what it is that makes this company tick and what it is that keeps our owners with us and encourages new ones to uh, to come on board. Um, so as I said, if you would like a uh, to download the rental agreement that we currently use, then please go to the show notes and uh, and you can you can do that thing. I'm probably going to be revisiting them shortly. I mean, these, these are ones that I probably did about four or five years ago. We've made some changes now. I mentioned smoking. So now we, uh, we have to cover vaping and smoking of all sorts of substance, uh, substances now with our guests. And there's some other things that have, have come about because of changes in technology. So we now put in our terms and conditions of rental um, a clause about um, use of the Wi-Fi and illegal downloading and those sorts of things. So they may not be in this this uh, this current format, which I will be changing shortly. But I think it will help you. It'll give you some idea. If you haven't got uh, terms and conditions on your rental agreement, uh, what you could put in them. And, uh, and don't forget that even if you have your house rules on Airbnb or you don't have anything at all, you need to have something that is signed by your guests. I, it's, it's that backup you need, the foundation of a, 
good rental. Anyhow, as we are approaching the our long weekend and our Canada Day weekend, I have to go and get busy. It's uh, the busiest week of the year and I've got a lot to do. So thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And I look forward to being back with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.